It's time for the Steelman and Thune at Noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Pulse and Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Let's go on a Friday. The weekend has finally arrived. Mike Steely here in the Brown O'Haver Studios. Parker Thune in Tulsa at Billy Sims Burger. Tulsa Day rolls on here on the Ref Radio Network. And I uh, hope everybody's ready for the weekend. Of course you're ready for the weekend. What am I saying? Everybody, no, 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 no. I'm not ready for the weekend. Let's keep working. No, we're ready for the weekend. And I know you are as well. And uh, Parker, you're at a... Great location, Billy Sims Burger there on Yale Avenue in Tulsa. How you doing? That's that's right, Mike. Billy Sims Burger, 21st and Yale here in Tulsa for our 918 listeners. This place is awesome. Let me tell you, brand new, clean. The menu is outstanding. I have, I tell you what, Mike, what I have sitting in front of me right now is pretty innovative and pretty awesome. It's a, uh, I, th- I believe they call it a shake and cake. So it's a milkshake with a slice of cake blended in. I have never never experienced anything like it before, but let me tell you, it is certifiably awesome. So drop by here at Billy Sims Burger. Anytime between noon and 2, come by, get some ref swag, and enjoy a Billy Sims shake and cake. Oh, man, that sounds awesome because Billy, of course, was the master of the shake and bake back in the day. And uh, Baker Mayfield, of course, as well. But uh, Billy, what a great Sooner, Heisman Trophy winner, Hooks, Texas, number one running back in the country, uh, you know, has always represented OU. You know, he's, he's you know, exclaimed Boomer more than maybe any other former Sooner player in history, which I personally love. He does it at the Heisman ceremony all the time, and he's had plenty of opportunities uh, to do that since uh, 1978 when he won the Heisman Trophy. And I think he would have won it in 1979. Had he not had uh, an injury-plagued early season, Charles White went on to win it in 1979, the USC running back. But uh, Billy finished up in style, and what a great Sooner. I can remember, Parker, when I was a young, up-and-coming, future regional radio star. On uh, Lindsay Street, I used to go to Sound Warehouse a lot. Whenever I'd get my money from my fast food job, I was working in high school uh, before they fired me. I would I would go spend it at Sound Warehouse, and I would go buy music. I would go buy eight tracks all the time. Yes, that's how old I am. I specialized in eight tracks. I had a bunch of them. Of course, they all later went in a garage sale. But I can remember one time I walked in. I'm looking around. I think I was looking for uh, the, the uh, latest Rush eight track. And there in Sound Warehouse with his glorious afro was Billy Sims walking around looking at music and uh i was too intimidated to go up and say anything but i i think he was probably thinking man who's this little kid over here staring at me Jeez, what a creep but uh billy sims great sooner and uh that's a great place over there on Yale Avenue. Okay, uh, I want to ask you about recruiting right now. We're going to have Brandon Drum on, by the way, at 135, as we always do. 247sportsouinsider.com. We'll have Caden McFarland on with us. It's Tulsa Day, after all. He'll be on at 1235. But things are heating up now that Brent and his staff that we know about are out recruiting right now. And uh, what about some of these Clemson kids? Because 
Brent said he was not going to go after any recruits that was committed to Clemson. Well, you've had Dalen Everett, the cornerback, just he committed from Clemson, five-star corner. Jihad Campbell, 6'4", edge rusher, decommitted from Clemson. Four-star safety, Keon Sab. I don't know if it's – I think it's pronounced Sab. Uh, decommits from Clemson. So what do you think is happening there? Do you think those guys might be interested again in following Brent Venables to Oklahoma? Well, it's interesting, Mike, and I think it speaks more than anything to just how much influence and respect Brent Venables has from these guys because you think about when you see a wave of decommitments like this, it's usually when a head coach leaves. It's not often you see this effect when a mere coordinator leaves, but that's how crucial Brent Venables was in the recruitments of a lot of these high-end Clemson commits. And I'll tell you what, astonishing factoid via friend of the program, Chris Hummer, national 24-7 sports college football writer. Clemson's had more decommitments, Mike, since Brent Venables departed, which was, what, five days ago now, than they had in the previous four recruiting cycles combined. So that tells you, again, just how much influence Brent Venables has in all of this especially as it pertains to the recruiting efforts for the Clemson Tigers. Now, obviously, I think Brent has a ton of respect for his now former employer, and that's why he's declining to recruit a lot of these players that are decommitting from Clemson because he he doesn't want to be the guy that goes and poaches his recruits from his former employer like that. I think he just... He's a man of higher integrity than that. And not to say that there's anything shady about doing something like that, but I think it's Brent Venable's indication that, hey, you know, I'm going to build something new at Oklahoma. I'm not going to take what I've accumulated at Clemson and try to make that play into and factor into the beginnings of my career as an Oklahoma head coach. And I'm not going to take what I built up there in terms of recruiting relationships and use it to my advantage somewhere else. So, I have a lot of respect for the way that Brent Venables is going about it, and obviously there are going to be fans clamoring for Oklahoma to recruit the likes of Jihad Campbell and Keon Sab and Dalen Everett, but I'm not sure Brent Venables cares all that much what the fans are clamoring for, Mike. But if they decommit, does that not change the picture? Uh, you know, it's not like uh, Brent Venables, uh, again, with what he said the other day, that uh, you know if guys are committed to Clemson, I'm not going to go after them. But they're not committed to Clemson anymore. Does that change the ball game, in your opinion? No, I'm not convinced it does. Just because, again, you go back to the fact that Brent Venables put in a lot of time and effort to bring those players to Clemson, South Carolina, to play for the Clemson Tigers. And I don't think he's going to take that time and that effort that he's put in and use it to his advantage with a different employer. And that's what it would be one way or another you regardless of whether guys still committed to clemson or not brent venables put a lot of work into building that relationship on behalf of clemson university not on behalf of oklahoma and if you'll recall mike when brent venables left oklahoma as defensive coordinator back in 2011 his last word to a lot of his recruits was hey stay committed to oklahoma oklahoma is still the spot for you i still want you to be there and I would imagine he'll be having and has had a lot of the same conversations with his commits and or former commits at Clemson. All right, uh, Parker's at Billy Sims Burger on Yale Avenue in Tulsa. Tulsa Day continues here on The Ref, and uh, we've had a great day so far. Going to continue to have a great day. Tyler uh, McComas is going to be out at uh, Trey's Bar and Grill 
on uh, East 108th Street in uh, Tulsa coming up from 2 to 6. Teddy will be back here in studio, but Tyler McComas will be out there at Trey's Bar and Grill. Looking forward to that coming up at 2 o'clock. Okay, uh, let's talk about Nick Evers and uh, Jaden Gibson uh, visit set, right? For those two guys who were committed to Florida and uh, decommitted from the Gators, and now uh, obviously the Sooners uh, have a shot. They're in. Uh, they're at least going to get in at bat with those guys. Oh, Mike, there is a lot to be optimistic about with regard to those two recruitments. And yes, they are both on official visits starting today. Full disclosure for those of you that don't follow our uh, recruiting analysis over at Twenty Four Seven Sports, I have already entered crystal balls predicting that both Nick Evers and Jaden Gibson are going to end up committing to and signing with the Oklahoma Sooners. That's how confident I am at this point that that's where things are headed. Nick Evers, Jaden Gibson, as you mentioned, two guys that decommitted from the University of Florida earlier in the week. Oklahoma was immediately uh, on them with an offer. Jeff Levy was the one that reached out with the initial offer to both Nick Evers and Jaden Gibson. And they got them on official visits within 72 hours. So... That tells you how much mutual interest there is right now between Nick Evers and Jaden Gibson and the University of Oklahoma. And I really don't think those guys take this official visit this late in the process unless they have an intent to commit if everything goes according to plan. So I'm putting faith in Brent Venables and his staff to close this one out. Obviously, Oklahoma has a tremendous recruiting office as well, personnel there that contribute to a very high degree to the school's recruiting efforts and i really have a lot of faith that this is about to pay off with nick evers and Jaden gibson two guys that could be big time contributors for oklahoma offensively going forward and evers you would imagine is the heir apparent to caleb williams Jaden gibson from sources i talked to down in florida that's a guy that could jump in and play on day one you look at the size six foot five he doesn't have loads of speed like a guy like mario williams does but functional and the necessary speed in order to be a downfield weapon and you just you can't teach size mike you can't teach size and in gibson caden helms jason llewellyn and nicholas anderson the sooners would have four signees in this cycle that all stand six foot four or taller and can go get you those balls those 50 50 balls and what a luxury is that for a guy like kayla williams who thrives on fitting balls into tight spaces and just trusting his receivers to go make a play. Nick Evers, the uh, quarterback out of Flower Mound, Texas, and Jaden Gibson, the wide receiver out of Winter Gardens, uh, Florida, visiting Oklahoma. And as you heard Parker say, he expects them to commit to the Sooners and be part of the 2022 class. So the Sooners out there, Brent Venables and the assistants that we know about right now on the recruiting trail, we don't know anything really about the defensive staff yet. Uh, It won't be too long before we know because uh, the early signing period is next Wednesday. I want to ask you about two kids in the Tulsa area, Chris McClellan, the defensive lineman out of Owasso, and I know that Braylon Presley is all in with his brother at Oklahoma State, but he's a superstar at Bixby. Could the Sooners possibly get in there because you lose Relique Brown? And what I kept hearing about Oklahoma and Braylon Presley, well, you've already got a Braylon Presley and Relique Brown. Well, guess what? Relique Brown followed Mule Shoe to Southern Cal. So you don't have that guy right now. What do you think about McClellan and uh, is Presley just a total 100% long shot? Man, you know this better than anybody, Mike, but I am the one driving the offer Braylon Presley train and have been for a long time. I just, I think it's too late in the cycle for that to happen. And especially you look at what Brennan Presley, Braylon's older brother, did 
against the Sooners in Bedlam with that 100-yard kickoff return to help the Cowboys secure that upset victory. I just don't know if the Sooners could generate enough momentum this late in the process, even if they did offer Braylon Presley. So I'm really not I'm not too optimistic with regard to that situation. The Chris McClellan recruitment is interesting, and it really hasn't been uninteresting over the last eight to nine months. It's, uh, there's always There always seems to be a new wrinkle there. Uh, the newest wrinkle is that Oklahoma's looking to get Chris McClellan in for an official visit, which purportedly he's going to take them up on. So all of a sudden, even though he's committed to the University of Florida, suddenly Oklahoma's right back in play for Chris McClellan. And this could legitimately go either way. This has been an OU Florida battle for months and months, right, Mike? And it looked for all the world a couple weeks ago as though Florida had eventually or had ultimately won that battle. But lo and behold, here we sit less than a week before early signing day, and Oklahoma's right back in the thick of it with Chris McClellan. So I don't know that I'd be comfortable projecting one way or another whether Oklahoma is able to flip him or not, but there is reason for optimism as it pertains to that particular situation. All right, and real quick before we get to a break, two more names to talk about. Uh, the Sooners have offered. Uh, Jeff Levy was out there. Jackson Arnold, quarterback from Denton Geyer. Uh, that is Spencer Sanders' old school and uh, 6'2 quarterback for the 2023 class. And DeCorian Moore, a wide receiver from Duncanville, Texas, who would be in the 2025 class, Parker. Yeah, that's, that is Oklahoma's first 2025 offer, Mike, and it is very rare, historically speaking, that you will see the Sooners offer a player that early in the process, but DeCorian Moore is a budding superstar, and that's a guy that more than likely is going to be a top 100, potentially top 50 player when it's all said and done in the 2025 cycle wraps, which seems like forever in the future, mostly because it is, but... <laughs> You know, you talk about Jackson Arnold, uh, and that was a guy that obviously Jeff Levy wasted no time in going and offering as soon as he was named Oklahoma's offensive coordinator and had the time of day to go and do it, obviously, between in-home visits and trying to get Nick Evers on board. But I think that's an indication, Mike, that Oklahoma's going to start to move away from the dual-threat quarterback scheme and an offense that is kind of built around a guy with speed and athleticism and the ability to run in the open field and that's not to say those aren't desirable traits for a quarterback particularly in the big 12 and even in the sec for that matter but it is an indication that jeff levy sees his offense as one that doesn't necessarily have to rely on a guy with mobility and so nick evers very much a pro style guy not a dual threat same thing with jackson arnold and so it's going to be a different flavor of oklahoma football under jeff levy than it has been under Lincoln Riley, and there's going to be an adjustment period there for a lot of Sooner fans who are used to seeing their quarterback quarterback rush the ball 15, 20 times a game. But at the end of the day, you just got to trust the process when you have a turnover in the coaching staff like this, and you got to have faith that Brent Venables and Jeff Levy are going to execute their vision and instill their culture and ultimately get Oklahoma right back in position to contend in the SEC if and when, well, not if, because it's happening but when they make that move to the sec uh venables and levy are two guys that very much have the capacity as coaches to have oklahoma in prime position to contend for an sec championship year in and year out 
All right, the Rep Tulsa Day continues. By the way, we want to thank our friend Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for uh, bringing us the first hour here. Steelman and Thune on the Rep Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Parker's out at Billy Sims Burger on Yale Avenue. Later today, 2 to 6. Tyler McComas at Trey's Bar and Grill. Our man Travis Davidson out there. Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street. We are underway on a Friday. Let's talk more Sooner football when we get back here on The Ref. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Living on time. Yes, that's what we're doing, folks. It is the refs Tulsa Day. Uh, Don Williams. Eric Clapton's version, very nice too. But we are living on Tulsa time. We've got Parker Thune out at Billy Sims Burger on Yale Avenue in Tulsa. I actually like I Believe in You a little bit better than that from Don Williams, but that's a great song as well. Now, uh, you know who wrote that song, right? Uh, was that that wasn't J.J. Kale, was it? Leon Russell. Oh, that was Leon. Yeah, well, yep. of course. Why wouldn't it be Tulsa's very own Leon Russell? There you go. Uh, I Believe in You is such a great song, too, from Don Williams. Love, love, love that. Simple song, but a great song. All right, this morning, uh, right here on The Ref, Toby and TJ had Bob Stoops on the line, and uh, Bob talked about, again, why he loves Brent Venables as the next coach in line at Oklahoma. Most his experience. Um, he... He walks in light years ahead of me. For that matter, uh, uh, Coach Riley as well. When you look at the experience he's coming in here with, 13 years with us to start our program at OU, and he saw the rebuild from the ground up. He saw the rebuild from Kansas State with Bill Snyder. He was part of it as a player and a coach. And then these last 10 years, the icing on the cake, with you know, ten years with Dabo there at Clemson, let's face it, they've been they've been at the top of the football world or the top two, three in the last uh, 10, 12 years for sure. He, he has all that experience, been in eight national championship games. Are you kidding me? You know the guy. The guy comes in really, really, you know, uh, so prepared, and you know, and then you just you just put that with all the passion and fight and and tenacity that he has. So he's going he's gonna to rub off on our players, believe me. All right, there you go, Bob Stoops this morning with uh, Toby and TJ. And uh, obviously, Brent Venables, a very popular hire as the new head coach at the University of Oklahoma. And Parker Thune is out at Billy Sims Burger on Yale Avenue in Tulsa. Uh, are we hearing anything more on the defensive staff? I think we kind of know what's going on the offensive side of the football. It's the defense that uh, people are wondering about, Parker. Well, and naturally, and I think the reality of the situation is that whoever Oklahoma brings in on the defensive staff, right, it's going to be guys that are very, very clear on what Brent Venable's vision is, and they're willing to execute it as opposed to trying to do their own thing in the Sooners' uh, defensive scheme. And so this is going to be Brent Venables 100%. His fingers are going to be all over this defense. And, of course, you bring in Miguel Chavis as defensive ends coach. We know that much. A couple of guys I mentioned to you yesterday, Mike, it's really the same three names. I don't have anything anything really new to throw at you since yesterday. I have three guys on staff with Clemson and Todd Bates. 
uh, Mike Reed, and then Ted Roof, all guys that very realistically could be en route to Oklahoma to join Brent Venable's defensive staff. Uh, again, I think familiarity is big here. I think Venables is obviously somebody that has accumulated a lot of influence over the course of his coaching career, and he's going to have—he's the type of guy that's going to have people lined up to work for him, right? But at the end of the day, I really do believe that he's going to bring in guys that he's familiar with, that he's worked with in the past, and that guys that understand what he's trying to do defensively at Oklahoma and are willing to be one of the chess pieces used to execute that. All right, we did get uh, details of Brent Venable's new contract at the University of Oklahoma, and uh, it is going to be uh, a little over $6 million per, but with uh, $600,000 also going uh, annually in his retirement fund, it is going to be right around $7 million for uh, his first year on the job at the University of Oklahoma. So, um, you know, and look, $7 million, that's an unbelievable amount of money. There is no doubt some people thought, we've heard, you know, Brian Kelly and what Muleshoe got at USC is above that. But think about this. I wonder, look, and I don't know behind the scenes what went on in the negotiations. This is Brent's first head coaching job, obviously, but you can argue that Brent Venables has been the most visible, most talked about, uh, you know, coordinator in college football for a number of years. He's certainly in the conversation. But Parker, I wonder if Brent also said, you know what, we can uh, we can settle on this amount, and they're, they're going to pay Jeff Levy, you know, in the neighborhood of two million dollars. Uh, maybe leave some over for the recruiting budget and hiring a great staff. So, you know, once we heard it was a little over $6 million before we got word that, you know, there's money going into a retirement fund for him also that pushes it up in, uh, in the $7 million uh, ballpark for his first year. How do, how do you think that went about? I mean, I know we're guessing here, but I'm sure that Brent, uh, a, a budget, uh, you know, particularly for recruiting when we hear that Georgia's recruiting budget is like twice as much as Oklahoma's when you're going to the SEC you know you've got to be spending money you got to be spending more of it and I think it makes a lot of sense that Brent Venable's contract leaves a lot of room in that capacity a lot of financial room for the athletic department to bring on additional recruiting and support staff and hire some high-end coordinators and I think obviously this was not about money for Brent Venables. We know that much. We know Brent Venables better than that. This was not about the figure he was going to be making. It was about the opportunity to take a destination job and be the guy for the first time in his career. Mike, we've said it throughout the week on this show, but you can make the argument that Brent Venables is the most qualified first-time head coach in the history of college football when you look at his resume. So it was never about the money, but – you look at what he's making in that $7 million range when all said and done, that's still a heck of a lot less than you were about to have to pay Lincoln Riley. So it's a huge win for the Sooners to bring in a guy like that where you know it's a destination job for him. And additionally, he's willing to take arguably less than he's worth. I would say far less than he's worth for the good of the program and in order to bring in guys who, as I was saying earlier, can execute his vision, and they can make Oklahoma a bona fide powerhouse when they get to the SEC. 
You know, and the thing I think about that too, Parker, is if you're Brent Venables, and I agree, he's 100% body, and I'm not saying like Brent's going to say, yeah, just give me a couple million. Obviously, he's going to take, you know, a a bigger amount than he gets at Clemson, and look, it's going to be right around $7 million for his first year with everything thrown in. But, again, in the crazy world where these salaries are going through the roof in college football for head coaches – that is not a, a just a ton. I know that sounds crazy, but you're also investing in your program. You need money to go to the recruiting budget, to hire a great staff. Uh, you know, hiring these top-flight assistant coaches like Jeff Levy is an expensive proposition now. It's not what it used to be. So I think if that's the way it went down, a very bright, smart move on Britt Venable's part. Uh, and we'll see. It won't be too long before we know what the entire staff look, looks like at the University of Oklahoma. All right, the Ref Tulsa Day is underway. We were out at Air Comfort Solutions on Hudson Avenue earlier today. Parker's at Billy Sims Barbecue on Yale Avenue until 2. Get by there. Get yourself a Billy Burger. And from 2 to 6 today, Tyler McComas will be at Trey's Bar and Grill. Our man Travis Davidson over there on East 108th Street in Tulsa. So Tulsa listeners... Get out there. Get out there. We'd love to see you on location with Parker and Tyler. Speaking of Tulsa, Caden McFarland is coming up next here on The Ref. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. All right, Tulsa Day rolls on here on the ref. Our man Parker Thune out at Billy Sims Burger today on Yale Avenue. Drake Dykin running the show for us. Appreciate Drake. Drake's a man around here. He really is. He's like the Drake on Seinfeld and more talented than Drake in the music world. I mean, the man is, uh, he's the backbone of the operation, pretty much. All right, we have uh, Caden McFarland on the line with us, KJRH uh, Sports Director, Tulsa. How we doing, Caden? I appreciate you coming on, man. I'm wondering, for you, it must have been very different uh, the last couple weeks after Muleshoe's departure from Norman out to L.A., and then, but you've also got your Notre Dame Fighting Irish trying to survive this Brian Kelly ordeal. What had the last... uh, last nearly couple weeks been like for you my man well first of all uh you know just based on what you said off the top there i gotta say got to love the drake right you gotta drop the seinfeld reference yes uh, when 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 possible man i i had people uh from church calling and doing like wellness checks on me it was uh it was a rough uh few days i just how long ago does bedlam feel like it was i mean bedlam happened and then as you call him mule shoe was gone and uh, and then Brian Kelly was gone the very next day. It was uh, it was a whirlwind, and uh, not something I want to deal with ever again. But I'm happy with the guys we got in place in uh, in both locales, man. I'm I'm fired up for Venables and Freeman. Now let me ask you this, Caden, and it's somebody or it's something that I've been asking everybody we've had on this week because I want to hear everybody's opinion. So obviously. When you have turnover within the coaching staff, there's fallout recruiting-wise, and you're going to see guys hit the portal. But, obviously, as soon as you get the new coaching staff in there, you're going to have some movement in retrograde there. Things will kind of 
revert to the mean and you'll start to build some positive momentum uh, as you head into the next season. So as you kind of look ahead to 2022 for Oklahoma, given all that's transpired over the last two weeks, and again, it is crazy to think that Bedlam was less than two weeks ago, but given all that's transpired, what do you think are realistic expectations for this football team in the year 2022? That's a great question. And we've had so much to think about. That has been in the distance a little bit for me. I think it, it, I, you can't answer that without knowing exactly what kind of deck he's, he's been handed or, or will be playing with. Um, I, I feel like I'll be better able to answer that when we know exactly who's leaving and who might be coming in to supplement those efforts. Uh, not really necessarily the recruiting class, the freshmen that are coming in, but transfers. So who can fill a starting spot for the Sooners? I don't think I would probably be inclined to make them the Big 12 favorite right now. You would put them, you know, in a group, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, assuming what's coming back to those guys would be right near the top, if not at the top. And, you know, I assume Baylor's going to be a handful again. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold off on any sort of Texas hype at the moment, but I, I don't think Oklahoma is by any means what they've been for the last half decade plus the best team in the Big 12 going in. I, I think they'll have to scratch and claw for victories, certainly scratch and claw to be a contender in the Big 12. I, I wouldn't make them the favorite. What I want to see from that team, I want to see what the identity is. It, it, do you begin to see something, you know, a, a tougher team? Um, it, look, and if Kate, if, if Levy comes in and if Caleb Williams stays, they're going to be incredibly dangerous. It, 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 nobody's going to want to face that offense on any given Saturday. Uh, but there are going to be so many moving parts and so many things that are changing with regard to Venables, you know, putting in his, his new system. The defense is going to be all different. We don't know exactly who's coming in. I would, I would want to see a team that, that shows it's tougher than what we've seen the last couple of years in Norman, certainly this year and a team that's trending in the right direction and getting better as the season goes on. So I, I, I'd be hesitant to put a win-loss total on it. I mean, they could certainly go 9-3, and three and it'd and it be a really disappointing season, depending upon how those three losses come, uh, or a really encouraging season. So it's hard for me to say wins or losses, but I would want to see a team that shows that it's on the right track, toughness-wise, and is getting better as the year goes on. That, that's kind of the best way to start trending toward the SEC in my mind. Cade McFarland with us, uh, KJRH Sports Director in Tulsa here on the Refs Tulsa Day. We've got Parker Thune out at Billy Sims Burger on Yale Avenue. Later today, 2 to 6, our man Tyler McComas will be at Trey's Bar and Grill at 7891 East 108th Street in Tulsa. All right, so Caden, obviously, uh, if you follow Caden at all, you know he's a a Notre Dame fan. Uh, I don't know if you saw the story, but you may be in better shape at Marcus Freeman because Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur, Robert Sala was talking about this with Brian Kelly, who, of course, left, uh, you know, the Golden Domers to go be with the uh, the Rowdy Cajuns there in Baton Rouge. But Robert Sala told a story about when he and Matt LaFleur were assistant coaches with Kelly, I guess, at Central Michigan, that they were invited to a party at Kelly's place where they were like, man, we're grad assistants here, man. We're, we're invited to the party. This is going to be great. They ended up parking cars and shoveling snow. And <laughs> Sala said that he and Matt LaFleur went back to, I guess, an apartment they shared and, and were so mad about it. And they, he said, quote, we agreed that we would never treat people the way we got treated. So there you go. There's a Brian Kelly story. I, I can't say it, it shocks me. Uh, look, he was the right man for Notre Dame at the right time. They needed 
somebody who ruled with an iron fist coming on the heels of Charlie Weiss and frankly, Tyrone Willingham as well. Like they needed somebody who was going to bring that program into the 21st century, who wasn't going to BS anything, but was going to be, a, I mean, he was, he's the son of a Boston politician. In a lot of ways, he was a great politician. He could put on the smiling, happy face at times, but look, I mean, th- he was a taskmaster, no question. They needed that for a decade. To get to the next level, they needed somebody who loves recruiting, and that was not ever going to be Brian Kelly, and it is Marcus Freeman, and so it is a high-risk, high-reward thing. Uh, First-time head coach at Notre Dame, the track record there is not good. Uh, It is a big job and usually requires a lot of experience, but he's got their next two recruiting classes near the top five, which has not been the case for many years uh, with Notre Dame football. The only way you're going to compete with the Alabamas and Georgias is to bring in that kind of talent. And a 35-year-old who's as articulate and visionary as Freeman is gives you a chance, at least in recruiting. Now, can he coach? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, you know, and to a lesser extent, that it's the same situation and question that OU fans are asking themselves with Brent Venables, right? Can he be a head coach? We know. I mean, he's the most accomplished defensive coordinator of the last two decades in college football. But can he be a head coach? There is a knack to it. You know what I mean? It, it's not a sure thing. Um, you assume, however, that he is the right choice to take you into the SEC as a recruiter. Uh, now, the interesting thing to me with Brent, the big question, he was able to recruit in the Southeast, not actually in the SEC, but in the Southeast at the premier program in the ACC. No doubt, he, is, he, he's, he connects with kids. He's an articulate guy. Brent can recruit. But can he get those athletes from the Southeast to Norman, Oklahoma? I'm going to be very interested to see what the recruiting efforts are like. And some of what he had to say was pretty interesting uh, on the day of his press conference this week. You know, it didn't sound like he was just going to chase every five-star there was. Uh, I I think that Clemson had a little bit different model. They were more selective. They're looking at some of those intangibles a little bit more than some other programs, certainly more than OU was under Lincoln Riley. And I'll be really interested to see – how he recruits, how high they get in the rankings, but then also really more importantly, how do they develop these kids? Uh, because they're, you know, I, I think I put out the tweet last week. You take those three five-star receivers oh, you brought in all in the same year, Weiss, Hazelwood, and Bridges, and their collective statistics don't even match what Ryan Broyles did in 2010. So all those five stars didn't necessarily pan out for you uh, all the time in Norman. But, man, if, if you're going to win the SEC – you you got to develop, obviously, but you got to you got to have the raw material as well. Now, Caden, on the recruiting front, obviously you do a tremendous job uh, covering the prep football scene in the city of Tulsa. So, curious what you uh, make of the Chris McClellan situation and Oklahoma purportedly back in the race here after he committed to Florida a couple weeks ago. So. Oklahoma has made an effort to bring in just about every blue-chip guy from the Tulsa area. They've got Gentry Williams, Robert Spears Jennings, Jaden Rowe, Chris McClellan, kind of the odd one out in that he committed to the Florida Gators. Do you see a path for him to be a Sooner once signing day rolls around? I don't know about that. And the senior tape for Chris was not great. You know, he only had two sacks, uh, you know, for an Owasso team, and I – there was talent. He was playing alongside pretty good talent on that line. So I don't know that he made the jump from 5A to 6A1 like most of us projected. But the talent is there. Uh, the athleticism is there. And if OU wants him, I think the best thing in the world for Chris McClellan would be Jerry Schmidt and Brent Venables. I think it, they can make him a ball player. Um, it's, it's not there yet. And I see him as a bit of a project, regardless of what 
the rankings may say, but I, in my mind, going to Norman, Oklahoma, and working out with Jerry Schmidt, pouring yourself into that, being coached by Brent Venables is a much better situation for Chris than going to Gainesville, Florida, or almost anywhere else. So it, that's certainly what I'm hoping for. I, I don't know uh, just how interested Oklahoma might be in him or vice versa, but I would love to see that happen because I think it'd be the best thing for the kids. Caden, it's great to catch up with you. Of course, we had to have you on on Tulsa Day. So thanks for your time, and we will talk again soon, my friend. Thank you. Mike, my pleasure. Anytime. I love being able to hear you guys here in Tulsa. You have done a great job the last few weeks. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Every time you called him Mule Shoe, man, I I giggled just a little bit more. Uh, You guys are doing a great job. (laughs) Thanks, Caden. All right. Take care, my friend. Caden McFarland, the uh, sports director at KJRH Channel 2 there in Tulsa. We've got our man Parker out at Billy Sims Burger. He's high-stepping all the way into the end zone to get a great burger at Billy Sims Burger. Go by there. Just go by there. 1941 South Yale Avenue. Parker's going to be there until 2 o'clock. And if you can't get by there, get by Trey's Bar and Grill, 2 to 6 with Tyler McComas, 7891 East 108th Street in Tulsa. Oh, yeah. Kings of Leon. Sooner fans, did Mule Shoe really block Nathan Followell? He, he blocked Nathan and Jared, both of them. Oh, both? Wow. Both of them, yeah. What a whim. Come on, Mule Shoe. Well, he wasn't that tough. We know that. All right, we're coming right back. Stay with us. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. All right, we are back. Steelman and Thune on the Ref Radio Network on your Friday. Thanks to our friend Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, bringing us our uh, first hour here on uh, this Friday. Riverwind Casino tonight, they've got the big drawing for the $60,000 Rudolph's Riches uh, promotion. And again, you can play with your wild card uh, Monday and Tuesday uh, to get five times the entries for that great promotion just by getting some points on your wild card tonight. The drawing, 6 to 11.30. And uh, once again, 6 to 11.30. They call out three uh, patrons' names every half hour, so 33 names in total you got a great chance to go out there and hear your name called and win your share of the $60,000 in cash and bonus play. They also announced two grand prize winners uh, just before midnight. Make it a night at Riverwind, the one, the one and only Riverwind Casino. Great dining options out there, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Tonight is also steak night at the River Buffet. Steaks made to order, any cut you're looking for, and all you can eat for just $29.99. And they have the season's food court there as well. So make it a night, a festive Friday night, and uh, hopefully hear your name called in the Rudolph's Riches promotional drawing tonight at Riverwind Casino. All right, we've got about five minutes left in our first hour. Um, Parker, how about that OU-Arkansas game coming up tomorrow, 1230 at the uh, BOK Center on ESPN2. Arkansas undefeated, uh, ranked number 12 in the country, and the Sooners at 7-2. And and, uh, Porter Moser not real happy with his team's execution against that Butler zone the other nights. I was not happy. You know, we, we, we worked so much on getting the ball in the middle of the zone. And the crazy thing about it is they've played eight possessions of zone all year, but we literally worked on it for three, four days. 
We, we, every day we did a zone segment in practice. So we just said to ourselves, even though they've only played eight possessions all year, we felt if we were really getting our man going, they were going to go to that zone. We were ineffective of getting it into the spots we wanted to. We really wanted to get into the middle. We really wanted to get it to the baseline. And we just are, and I, it starts with me. And uh, we, we, we were up 10, get a good possession. You know, there's six minutes left. And again, we tried to go for broke. It's the same thing happened in the Utah State game. It took an ill-advised quick three time and score. There you go. So, Parker, obviously uh, the Sooners have their work cut out tomorrow in this matchup with Arkansas. Yeah, it's going to be as tough a test as this Oklahoma basketball team has faced all year. And at times, they've been really good through these first nine games, Mike. At times, they've looked like a bona fide tournament team, a team that could be a really tough out in March, as a matter of fact. But you look at those losses to Utah State and Butler. You know, we talked about it yesterday. Those losses aren't good at face value, but... Come selection Sunday, those ones are going to hurt because those are the type of losses that can be the razor's edge between a berth in the field and a berth in the NIT, right? And so Oklahoma has shown promise. And I think 7-2 and two for the first nine games under Porter Moser with nine new players on this roster, it's really about as good as you could have drawn it up. But still, there have been some weaknesses exposed for the Sooners. Arkansas, as you mentioned, is 9-0. and this is without question the best basketball team that Oklahoma will have played thus far this season. And if they can hang with the Razorbacks, a team that made the tournament last year, made a pretty deep run in the tournament last year, as I recall, um, that's going to be exhibit A as to just how good this Oklahoma team can be at season's end. If they're able to, in non-conference play, hang with and potentially beat a team that is extremely well co- coached under Eric Musselman, has a ton of talent, and that has proven that they are capable of winning at a high level in a deep basketball conference like the SEC. So the challenge is there for Porter Moser in this program. It remains to be seen how they will respond tomorrow at the BOK. So uh, for my money, I think... I, I don't know if I would expect Oklahoma to win this basketball game. I don't know if that should be the expectation. But I want to see this team fight. I want to see them defend well. And that's really going to be the calling card for Porter Moser's team throughout this the course of this season because they've got shooters, which is a luxury that Moser really hasn't had over the course of his coaching career. He's never had guys that can shoot the ball like Tanner Groves and Yamoja Gibson, for instance. But at the same time, what we see as we look at Moser's teams over the year, the common denominator is always really tight defense and what you would term stifling defense in some cases. And so if the Sooners can prove that they're capable of playing that type of defense at that type of level tomorrow against Arkansas, I think you've got to be optimistic about where this team could go in Big 12 play once that time rolls around and the calendar flips from 21 to 22. All right, we got our man Parker out at Billy Sims Burger, 1941 South Yale Avenue in Tulsa. He's going to be there until 2 o'clock. And we have Tyler McComas coming up at Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street in Tulsa from 2 to 6. Right here on the ref. It is Tulsa Day on the ref. It is a Friday. We have another hour to go. Thank you, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We're sponsoring our first hour here on The Ref. I'm here in the Brown O'Haver Studios in Parker, again at Billy Sims Burger on Yale Avenue in Tulsa. We have another hour ahead here on this Friday. Drake Dykin is uh, also, you know, he's at the uh, wheel of the ship here today, so we're in very good hands. 
And we're coming right back with hour number two here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network on a Friday. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. It's time for the Steelman and Thune at Noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston in Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000 or shoot the guys a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Second hour presented by... The Seth Wadley Auto Group in Falls Valley, exit 72, for a great deal on a car or a truck from our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Uh, we haven't even gone to the Air Comfort Solutions text line yet today. We can do that. We can do that coming up here in a little bit, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. True Sooner, I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't see you until... Uh, we had Caden McFarland on the line. If you want to call us back, go ahead. You can do that on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000. All right. Uh, before we bring Parker back in at Billy Sims Burger on uh, Yale Avenue, 1941 South Yale Avenue in Tulsa. He's going to be there another hour, folks. Go out and have a great lunch at Billy Sims Burger in Tulsa. If you can't be uh, get to Billy Sims Burger, well... Get to Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street in Tulsa. Tyler McComas is going to be there from 2 to 6 during the rush. And uh, you know what? Why don't you just go sample both? Get by Billy Sims Burger and get by Trey's Bar and Grill. Our man Travis Davidson over there on uh, Tulsa Day here on The Ref. All right, so Parker, I'm going to play these and, and we'll see which one you think is better. Uh, last night we had a big upset in college basketball. Rutgers taking down number one Purdue, and uh, let's go with the first call from the Rutgers radio network. And here's how that went down when Rutgers beat the Boilermakers. Get it to Stefanovic inside. Williams with seven, one on one with Amori. Gets inside, puts it up and in with three point four to go. Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win. Got it! Let's go! Let's go! Harper Jr. Let's go! The game winner at the buzzer. Let's go! And Rutgers upsets number Let's one go! Purdue, 70-68. Let's go! First time in program history that they have beaten a number one team. All right, and uh, now here is the student broadcast call of that great finish, Rutgers and Purdue. Point four to go. Harper Jr. crossing that timeline. No timeout. Crossing the timeline. Last second heave. Oh, it's good. Down go the Boilermakers. Down. The train is off the tracks. The train is off the tracks. The train is off the tracks. Down goes number one. Oh, my goodness. The train is off the tracks. 
There you go. All right, I'm going to get Parker's thought on this. Uh, Parker, as uh, I bring you in, first we have some breaking news. Speaking of the train going off the track, uh, Isaiah Thomas just tweeting this out. Dear Sooner Nation, first and foremost, I would like to thank God for allowing me to play a game that I love so much. Uh, on an elite stage of college football, it has always been a dream of mine to play here at the University of Oklahoma and compete with the best. I want to thank you, Sooner Nation, for the best five years any student athlete could have asked for. Thank you for welcoming me with open arms and giving me memories that this kid with a dream, a scholarship, and a thank you, Coach, to Coach Tibbs and Coach Kane for molding me into the player I am today. And lastly, my family, thank you for the sacrifices you made and the love you gave me uh, to get here. With all that being said, I've decided to opt out of the bowl game and forego my last year of eligibility and declare for the 2022 NFL Draft. Forever a Sooner, Isaiah Thomas. So, first of all, thoughts on uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, you know, Perrion Winfrey, uh, Nick Benito. We saw Brian Asamoah make the, all, the, the same decision over the last couple of days, and now Isaiah Thomas too, Parker. I'm all in favor of eight-man football for this Alamo Bowl, Mike. Uh, it's, it's headed in that direction. Yeah, credit to you for being the first one on that train because you were saying that a week and a half ago and everything that has transpired between now and then only points more and more in the direction of, you know what, we just need to alter the rules and we need to have Oklahoma and Oregon play eight-man football because no Kayvon Thibodeau, no Isaiah Thomas, no Brian Osamoa, Perion Winfrey, Nick Benito, both out as well. So, man, there's not going to be a whole lot of star power on that football field in a couple weeks when the Sooners tilt with the Ducks for the first time since that infamous 2006 game in Autzen Stadium. But uh, as far as the calls on the Rutgers-Purdue game, as a former student broadcaster myself, uh, let me give my best critiques here. So on the latter broadcast, so the student one, uh, first off, I thought having that little the train is off the tracks line in your pocket, Mm -hmm. beautiful. Right out of the gym dance school. Very well prepared. However, He loses points for repeating it like five or six times. You just got to – here's the thing. In that situation, you just got to drop the line and then let the crowd take over. You know, just let it go silent. Let the noise and the aura of the arena dominate the broadcast in that moment. So I was a fan of the the first one more so than the second one, especially because you got Mr. Uh, Color commentary there in the background just going, let's go, let's go. So – I'm partial to the first one. But, again, second one has a lot of promise, probably has a better uh, better one-liner than the first. I, I like it, too, because of the let's go. In fact, I cut a let's go, and I copied and pasted that like four times so we can use that in the future. Let's go guy was pretty fired up. And look, for the student broadcaster, I'm with you. Uh, I, I like the line. It, it reminded me when I heard that I had a girlfriend a long, long, long time ago. And it was kind of like the scene out of Diner where uh, I, I quizzed her and showed her logos of uh, college, uh, you know, uh, logos for programs. And I remember that she answered on three of them. I showed the Maryland logo and she said, Turtles. I showed the UCLA logo and she said, Happy Bears. And then I showed the Purdue logo and she said, Trains. So that brought back some memories. That was back in the uh, the eighties, by the way. But uh, so she failed, uh, you know, the logo identification test. 
And that was interesting. You know, so I just remember at UCLA, the, like the logo. Yeah, Purdue. Tra- well, I mean, it is a train, right? I guess she didn't. Uh, she didn't know what a boilermaker was. Unless that's the beverage, I guess. And, right? and to be fair, I don't really know what a Boilermaker is <laughs> yeah, either. If, I, if I had no knowledge of college football, I would have guessed trains, too, just looking uh, at that Purdue Aside logo. from the adult beverage, no idea what an actual Boilermaker mm. is. So, Yeah, uh, Happy Bears, though, for UCLA. I mean, now you talk yeah, about happy. a team that would need Jerry Schmidt. If you were the Happy Bears, you would need it, somebody you know that, it, that has his mentality. Yeah, at least it was before Care Bears, because then she might have said uh, the UCLA Care Bears. That's what yeah. That, yeah. Hey, uh, here's an interesting question, guys. Drake Dykin uh, jumping in with us, too. Drake is running the show today, and uh, you guys know Drake. He's big time. Um, friend of mine, in fact, this gentleman used to be the sports director right here in this building back in the 80s. Way, I'm talking way back. I don't you know. You talking about yourself in the third person here, Mike? No, 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 no. It was well, I was, but he was one of my mentors. His yeah. name's Tim Gray. TJ Perry, yeah. Tim yeah. Gray. TJ is uh, T- approximately sixty-seven years old. TJ's so getting up tracks. there. He and I are both uh, have AARP cards, I think. But Tim Gregg was the sports director here back in uh, what? Well, Tim was probably eighty-two to eighty-three, I believe. Dick Pryor was here uh, as the first sports sports spurts. First Spurts director I worked for, and then it was Tim Gregg after that. And Tim stays in touch with me, and uh, he asked me this question, and uh, I kind of like it. Uh, What is your take on the three most hyped OU games that actually lived up to the hype? Three OU games that were super hyped that actually lived up to the hype. And my answer was the 71 game of the century. Sooners lost that game 35-31, but that was a huge game. I went with 87-0 U-Nebraska. Now, I answered this pretty quickly, though, and that was 17-7. The Sooners won. Patrick Collins had the uh, long touchdown run. It was a 1-2 matchup. And then I went with 77 Oklahoma-Ohio State with uh, the Von Shaman field goal there to beat Woody Hayes in the horseshoe. I know it's tough. You know, you guys are just thinking about this, but, and you can answer this on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. I like the question. Three OU games that actually, that you could remember that actually lived up to the hype. Okay, so I think I have my answer here. Um, The one I will start with, and PTSD warning, some Sooner fans may not want to hear this, but I have to say it, right? The 2017 Rose Bowl. That was. I mean, obviously it ended in unspectacular fashion for the Sooners, but that was as good a football game as you will ever watch. So that's definitely on my list. You want one that did end in the Sooners' favor, take a look at the 2018 Big 12 championship game between Oklahoma and Texas, the rematch, right? The first time those two programs had ever met twice in the same season. It's for a Big 12 title and a potential college football playoff berth for Oklahoma. You have the Trey Brown safety sack of Sam Ellinger, Trey Norwood's pick to seal it. That was an outstanding football game. If I have to go back a little further, man, 2008 jump around game, Mike, that was a good one too. So those are the first three that come to mind for me. I'm sure as I uh, ruminate on it a little bit bit more, there will be some more that pop into my head. But that's immediately where my mind goes. What do you think, Drake? Uh, First one that came to mind for me was 2008 OU Texas. Now that's a game that OU lost, kind of like that 71 game, but – that was a great game, uh, top five matchup, number one against number five, 
and UT wins that one. Jordan, you talked about the PTSD from the 17 game. There was a lot of PTSD from Jordan Shipley in that game for OU fans, too. Mm. Uh, that's the first one that comes to mind. Obviously, that Nebraska game was great back in 2000. That K-State game was great as well. Um, aside from that, I mean, basically, the other big games that they – like, you try to go back and think about the great games from the last 20 years is really the the widest breadth for me, is, like, 03 up until – uh, that Big 12 championship game. They were basically just blowing out teams. Uh, 04, there was a great game against Texas A&M, but that wasn't a super hyped game. By yeah, and he's so, asking that lived up to the hype. Yeah, and lived was up the... to the hype. And that's the big one to me is that 2008 Texas game. Aside from, obviously, the Rose Bowl, it was a college football playoff game. It was an incredible game, um, but it wasn't hyped up like anything of that sort, and what so. about hyped disasters? Uh, for me, number one would be fifty-five nineteen Mule, yeah, Mule Shoe University absolutely. over Oklahoma. Yeah, that was. Uh, uh, and then uh, the year before, thirty-five seven K State winning up in Kansas City. So I think Darren Sproles like, big night. Yeah, yeah, Kansas State was like number seven that year, and obviously OU was number one overall. So yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. That that, uh, that fateful night in Miami was not fun. And then you. the Peach Bowl too. Peach Bowl was yeah, and that was hyped, but that was you talk about yeah. an absolute destruction yeah. of a yeah. defense too. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a long, long day. All right, we got Parker out at Billy Sims Burger. He's at 1941 South Yale Avenue in T Town and Green Country on the refs Tulsa Day. Tyler McComas coming up at two o'clock today with Teddy on the rush. Tyler is going to be in Tulsa today. Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street. In my time of dying. Wow. Deep cut from Zeppelin right there going into break. We have Brandon Drum coming up at 135. We've got a lot more ahead here on The Ref. Keep it here. Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas are just what you need on your drive home. It's The Rush weekday afternoons from 2 to 6 on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, we're back. Friday on The Ref. It is Tulsa Day. And we've got our man Parker Thune out at Billy Simsburger. I saw Kendall out there with you. Figured Kendall would be out there. Kendall's a super fan, man. Oh, man. Anywhere we he's, go, I he's think there. he's the number one fan. Yes, Kendall, thanks for coming out. And uh, nice pick with uh, with Parker there. And he's buying merchandise, too. Kendall is the man. Kendall is, uh, you know, texting, tweeting us all the time. We'll get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in just a second, 405-651-3439. But, Parker, uh, OU Club of Tulsa, huge, obviously, and uh, doing work for the Sooners. That's right. I'm out here with Julia, who's representing the OU Club of Tulsa, OUClubOfTulsa.com. And, uh, Julia, I understand you got a watch party coming up for the Alamo Bowl. We do. We're going to be at Big Whiskey's around 51st and Yale on the night of the part of the uh, bowl game on the 29th, starting at 8 o'clock, but people can come earlier. We've been having our watch parties there all season, so people should know 
where to find it. You can also go to our Facebook page, uh, OU Club of Tulsa on Facebook, and see all the events that we hold for our membership. Outstanding. So these watch parties are a regular thing then? Absolutely. Uh, a lot of fun. Big Whiskies has been a great host for us. Great food and, um, yeah, it's a it's great atmosphere. Sooner fans from the 918 packing it out, I would imagine? Uh, pretty much, yeah. We have a good crowd. Wonderful. That's great to hear. Anything else you want to share about the OU Club at Tulsa? Um, well, we do provide scholarships for students from the Tulsa area to go to uh, OU Norman and OU Tulsa. So about $13,000 a year in scholarships for local students. And that's that's the purpose of our club. So. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Julie. Again, OUClubOfTulsa.com, Mike. There you go. Yeah, man, it's amazing uh, how many of those OU clubs are out there nationwide, too. You know, and uh, like uh, some of them, uh, the... One out in Phoenix, the one in Philadelphia, I mean, in in Houston. We know what Wallace Marsh has done there, uh, promoting the Sooners on the billboards and everything. It's been amazing. So uh, Sooner fans are everywhere, and the OU Club of Tulsa is huge, very important as well. All right, I want to ask you guys, one guy who continues to be very vocal about his love for Brent Venables is this guy, a national Sooner, Skip Bayless. This is a different animal that we just signed away from Clemson. Finally, I have some defense. I will have the most legit defense I've had since Brian Bosworth. (laughs) Going back to the Selman brothers. This man is energy personified. Mm -hmm. What I never liked about stinking Lincoln was (laughs) he was just so low-key. Brent Venables is full of energy and passion and fire in ways I've never seen a coach have energy, passion, and fire, and it will translate into recruiting. There you go. All right, uh, Parker and Drake, uh, are, are you ready? Do you guys claim Skip Bayless when he's promoting the Sooners? Or are you still like, yeah, no, 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 Skip? No. Yeah, on, on Skip Bayless, I would say, you know, he's a take machine, right? He's one of those national take machines. So you have to take everything he says and every position he holds with a grain of salt. But if we know one thing about Skip Bayless over the years, is that he shows a lot of support for his Oklahoma Sooners. So while Oklahoma fans may not support all of what Skip Bayless puts out in the air based on his other allegiances, uh, I will say it is refreshing to see a national pundit like himself so vehemently standing for Brent Venables and operating under the belief that, as he said, he's about to have his best defense at Oklahoma since the Brian Bosworth days. And I think Teddy and Tyler were talking about this, and maybe it happened on some of the other shows too, but the fact that he skips over the point in time to where Brent was at OU previously, and they had some great defenses there. He's like, oh, well, we'll have the most legit defense I've had since, well, not when he was there before, but back in the 80s. That's one of the, that's the funny part to me. But uh, claiming Skip Bayless, hmm. Uh, same guy that kind of uh, poo-pooed all over Bob Stoops towards the end of his run, too. He so did, that's, no doubt. That's something that we need to remember. But anytime somebody's going to go on national TV and call Lincoln Riley stinking Lincoln like that, I think you pretty much have to support it. 
So right now, Skip's in good graces with Sooner fans, even though most of the time it's kind of, eh, I don't know. And he is a tank machine. Uh, here's the deal on Skip. I've met Skip. He's actually a really nice guy. He's great friends with Craig Humphreys, and I have so much respect for Craig, and obviously they went to high school together. So if you – you know, and I don't know him that well. I've only talked to him on a couple of occasions, but you're – he he is Skip Bayless, hot take guy, uh, on that show all the time. But I will tell you what's real. His love for the Sooners is uh, 100% real. There is no doubt about that. Okay, uh, do we want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439? By the way, we want to thank, again, the uh, Seth Watley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit 72, down in Paul's Valley for a great deal on a vehicle from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. All right, Drake, you want to hit those? Yeah, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Parker, be ready. There's a f- quite a few recruiting questions for you in particular. So I'm ready. Uh, I stay ready. We'll go off the top with uh, wanting an update. Are Brent's sons coming to Oklahoma from Clemson? The fact that Brent Venables didn't openly come out and say in his introductory press conference that, yes, my sons are staying at Clemson, would lead me to believe they will follow. Now, he did say he does expect his son, Tyler, to play in the uh, – what what, do you, what bowl is Clemson playing? I couldn't even tell you. It, it, he expects his son, Tyler, to play in the bowl game for Clemson. But I would imagine that Tyler will follow Brent to Oklahoma. And then his older son, Jake, is actually – if he if he is not already medically retired, uh, he will be medically retired at season's end. So Jake's football tenure is done. But Tyler, three-star linebacker in the class of 2020 that signed to play for his dad at Clemson. And I would be surprised if he isn't a Sooner next year. This one's for you still, man. It says, good old boys like me is definitely the best Don Williams song. So take note of that. There you go. That's, uh, I'm not familiar with that one, but all I know is I believe in you. I love that one. I love Tulsa time, but I'll trust you on that. By the way, uh, Clemson is playing Iowa State in the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl? No yes. way. Cheez-It Bowl, Clemson, Iowa State. Two teams that had playoff, uh, you know, Dreams heading into the season and ended up in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, let's see. Another recruiting question for Parker. Uh, do you think if they had moved quickly to keep Kane or Thibodeau that Gabe Dindy would have stayed committed to OU? Yes, and that's going to be the great what if in years to come, especially depending on whether or not Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy does emerge as a superstar at Texas A&M, which I believe he will. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't think there's a better prospect in the class of 2022, regardless of position, than Gabriel Brownlow-Dindy. His loss hurts, and make no mistake, his loss was due to the fact that Oklahoma decided not to retain Calvin Thibodeau. Moreover, the fact that Oklahoma kind of shuffled Jamar Kane out the door and pushed him toward USC – uh, caused them to lose their traction in the Marvin Jones Jr. recruitment and probably will have ramifications for several cycles to come because Jamar Kane was arguably the best recruiter on Oklahoma's staff. So, again, not to say Brent Venables made a mistake there because we don't know how well he and his new staff are going to recruit. We don't really have any idea how that's all going to unfold, but there is a understandably a bit of a sour taste in the mouths of a lot of Sooner fans right now because there were a, a lot of folks that understood just how much Jamar Kane meant in terms of his recruiting prowess and his ability to develop relationships. And you can say the same about Calvin Thibodeau, particularly as it pertains to the Gabriel Brown-Lodindy recruitment. 
Uh, recommendation on most hyped up games that lived up to the hype for OU. It definitely lists the 2000 OU Nebraska is what it says here on the text line. Yeah, that I remember Nebraska led that game fourteen to nothing, and the Sooners reeled off thirty one unanswered points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that place was jumping, and man, storming the field, the goalposts or pepper spray. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, that was a heck of a game, and that's when that's when and that red October run was unbelievable, no doubt. But that's when it really felt like Oklahoma football is one hundred percent back when they took down Nebraska. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was that was the point in time to where it's like, yes, Bob Stoops mm-hmm. is the guy. Yep. Um, next up, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Most of the major hype games since two thousand eight, OU has been losing, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them, man. Uh, you know, and I go so far back because I'm old, but uh, you know, and, and a lot of those are the Sooner Magic games you think about. And uh, Sooner Magic was born in the OU Nebraska game, but there, you know, uh, it's there's been a lot of it, but uh, there hasn't been a ton of magic in some of the hype matchups lately, for sure, for OU. Parker, another recruiting question for you: uh, Zach Evans, the former five-star running back from TCU. Is he uh, coming in on a visit this weekend like the rumors have projected? I cannot confirm that, but I have heard a lot of buzz that he may be in for a visit. And look, here's my feelings on the Zach Evans situation. I can't remember whether I said this yesterday or not. That's not something I'm touching with a 10-foot pole if I'm Brent Venables and Jeff Levy, just because at a certain point in time, a guy becomes a white elephant. And for those of you that aren't familiar uh, with that metaphor i suppose is is that a metaphor mike help me out here sure you're you're going all uh, captain ahab here right okay there we go so at a certain point a guy becomes a white elephant translation he's more trouble than he's worth and zach evans is a tremendous talent but you look at the fact that his recruitment was all kinds of wacky you look at the fact that he did, and it, I, I, I particularly go back, Mike, to what Brent Venable said on Monday about his feelings on the transfer portal and the fact that he said, I don't get quitting, and to me that's quitting. That is especially true in Zach Evans' case because he quit on TCU midseason and didn't enter the transfer portal for several weeks thereafter. So if there is one guy who is somehow more of a quitter in Brent Venable's eyes, than your typical athlete who enters the transfer portal. It's a guy like Zach Evans. So I I would not take Zach Evans if I were Oklahoma. I would not. If I'm a member of that Sooners coaching staff and I'm the one calling the shots, I don't want to bring Zach Evans in. All right, we're going to take a break. It was Ahab chasing the white whale. Uh, I don't know who chased the white elephant. It went maybe uh, Hemingway was over in Africa back in the day, and he was drunk most of the time, so he probably saw a white elephant, I'm sure. All right, we've got Brandon Drum coming up next here on The Ref. Stay with us on The Ref Tulsa Day. Think you've got what it takes to beat the experts on The Ref? Take on all the hosts of The Ref Radio Sports Network, along with our great listeners in the Cavens Construction Bowl Mania Pick'em. Follow Sports Talk 1400 on Twitter or Facebook for the contest link and details for your shot at great prizes and the chance to be crowned the Ref's Bowl Mania Pick'em Champion. Built by Cavens Construction. Construction, roofing, maintenance. Call Cavens 24-7 at 405-573-3048. 
All right, we are back. It is Tulsa Day here on The Ref. we got Parker Thune out of Billy Sims Burger at uh, 1941 South Yale Avenue. We'll have uh, Tyler McComas at Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street, coming up at 2 o'clock during the rush. And uh, thanks, by the way, to Seth Wadley and the Seth Wadley Auto Group of Falls Valley for uh, sponsoring our second hour here on The Ref. Also tomorrow, after the Sooners-Arkansas game, which tips at 12.30 at the BOK Center tomorrow. It'll be on ESPN2, by the way. Arkansas, 12th in the country, undefeated. The Sooners coming in 7-2 and two on the heels of a loss to Butler. We will have a post-game show for you, and Tyler McComas is going to be there at Lefties on Greenwood. Lefties on Greenwood, right across from One Oak Field. Uh, Lefties on Greenwood will be the site of our post-game show right after Oklahoma-Arkansas tomorrow Lefties on Greenwood, Tulsa spot where food, drink, sports, and live music mix on a daily basis. So uh, put that on your calendar for tomorrow. All right, uh, Brandon Drum, we have Brandon yet? Brandon's ready to go. Brandon, uh, 24-7 sports, OUinsider.com. Brandon, uh, what are we thinking this weekend, too? I know that Nick Evers and uh, Jaden Gibson, it sounds like Parker feels confident they'll wind up at Oklahoma. They're officially visiting this weekend. Evers, the quarterback from Flower Mound, Texas. Gibson, the wide receiver out of Winter Gardens, Florida. Uh, what What is your thought on those two and their visit this weekend? I, I like Oklahoma's chances. Um, I didn't put in a crystal ball yet for Jaden Gibson just because I want to see how the the visit goes. But, I mean, all indications are that he's going to follow Nick Evers because they're really good friends. And I think there would be massive gets. I think the other thing you need to watch out is Toby McKenzie. Now, he's been a – you know, he, he decommitted from Oklahoma before Brent Venables was set to land the other day in Norman. I uh, didn't really think that Oklahoma was going to be interested in him or was unsure, so he went and solidified his spot with Texas after a visit there and uh, a visit that he really loved. Um, his family thought he was a little premature on that move, and Kobe now seems to think that that's the case as well after Venables calling him and then as well doing an in-home with him. Uh, so the the kid is torn. He actually took down on Instagram, he used to say linebacker at Texas, and um, that is in his header, and that is not the case anymore, from if I remember correctly. So uh, this is going to be kind of interesting how all this goes. And then you have Chris McClellan showing up on a visit this weekend. Uh, so there's a there's a lot going on. Brent Venables is trying to close the deal. Maybe Devin Campbell shows up this weekend. Who knows? They did an in home with him yesterday. Um, he's been really big as far as being happy with uh, uh, the re- the fact that Oklahoma retained Bill Biedenboe. Um He actually had official visits set up for USC and then to UGA and canceled them both to do an in-home with Oklahoma. So uh, you kind of like where Oklahoma stands there, but it, I think everybody also needs to understand that Texas is right there along with Oklahoma and probably Alabama or LSU as well. So uh, this is something to watch going down the uh, down the wire. I think Oklahoma is going to have some, uh, some some suspense on National Signing Day in December, and I think for the first time in a while. And I think there, there's going to be some suspense in February as well. So this is this is going to be uh, quite interesting to see how this plays out as uh, the last few days uh, come to an end before National Signing Day here in the uh, middle of next week. 
Brandon, your reaction to the latest bit of news as it pertains to this Sooner football program. It's official as of seven minutes ago. Your new defensive coordinator is Ted Roof. Thoughts on the hire? Hey, we we talked about, you and I have talked about it a couple of days ago because I got it confirmed through a couple of people that he was going to be the hire. We were asked to kind of hold back on it. So when when it came up on the board, we just started hinting, you know, this was going to be the deal. And everybody kind of flipped out because they didn't like it because it wasn't a splash hire. Venables doesn't care. He doesn't care about the splash hire on defense. He's going to run the defense. He's spent, They're spending all sorts of money on the offensive side of the ball. And if you're a defensive-minded head coach, that's exactly what you do. You spend money on offense. You spend money on uh, sports staff, recruiting. You're going to help run that defensive side. So you feel comfortable with the guys that you've hired, uh, some up-and-comers, uh, some guys that understand your system and guys that you think can become really good recruiters with that OU logo on the side of their head, on the side of their helmet. So uh, I don't think there's a lot to worry about. I know that he's been kind of a, oh, what did I call him? Uh, I kind of, I didn't call him a nomad, but, I, you know, kind of, he's been job to job over the years. and But he's he's had some head coaches. He's had some interim head coaches. He's well-respected out in the uh, SEC, ACC region. So, uh, fans don't really like it because it wasn't a splash guy. It wasn't like a Dan Lanning or, you know, a Glenn Schumann or anybody of that ilk. But I don't think you're going to get those type of guys that are going to want to come and be underneath the hand of Brent Venables because it's the same as being underneath the hand of Kirby Smart. You're not going to really get full credit for anything you do because it's you're running their, you're running the head coach's defense. So uh, I like the hire. And when I say I like it, I think it makes sense in that retrospect, in that aspect. I mean, so I just I like to hire in the aspect that it's it makes sense. You're going to get a good transition. And here's the deal. He's 50, what, 57 years old, 56 years old. So I don't know that Roof is going to be around for, you know, a long period of time. But it also allows Brent Venables time to kind of look through the landscape of the coaching world in college football and find that young up-and-coming defensive coordinator that might want to come underneath Brent Venables and learn a little bit more, get to know his system, and maybe merge some philosophies and ideas and uh, kind of build that resume up and become kind of the next Brent Venables, a guy that ends up getting paid quite a bit of money to be a defensive coordinator and then maybe off to a, uh, you know, a perfect head coaching job. That's what a lot, you know, Alex Grinch is kind of going in that mold right now. Um, there's a lot of guys, Dan Lanning, Glenn Schumann, the guys I named earlier, they're doing those exact same thing. Like they're, they're well-respected guys are young. And as they continue to progress throughout the, uh, you know, their career, they're going to get paid more and more and more because of the performance as a, as a defensive coordinator and how their defenses have, you know, played on the field. So I, I, I like to hire for a lot of reasons. And also you get to save money and go spend a lot of money for on, you know, recruiting staff and support staff, new chefs, uh, new uh, spiritual guy, uh, new, uh, you know, sports psychologist, like all those things that Oklahoma has needed. Now you can go and spend the money on that because you're not diving two and three million dollars into a defensive coordinator. 
Yeah, and, and the bottom line is Brent's going to be, you know, running the defense. But on game days, Ted, you know what I'm saying? Ted Roof's going to be running uh, the defense, obviously, on game day. But it, if, if you've got him coming in and Brent was an offensive guy, maybe it would be like, oh, I don't know. But um, I'm with you, Brandon. I, I think uh, I, I think the Sooners are going to be just fine. So, once again, uh, Ted Roof is now officially the defensive coordinator for the Sooners. Uh, OU sent out a tweet and a release that, yes, Jeff Levy, as we all know, is the uh, offensive coordinator and uh, quarterbacks coach Ted Roof will be the D.C. and the linebackers coach. Uh, we also know that Brent Venables is uh, retaining uh, Bill Biedenboe, Cale Gundy, DeMarco Murray, and Joe John Finley. So that's what we know about the staff right now. Brandon, we're running short on time. Good stuff, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Brandon Drum, uh, 24-7 Sports and OUinsider.com. We'll talk more about uh, this breaking news. And again, if you didn't hear earlier today, Iggy Pop, Isaiah Thomas saying so long to the Sooner program, declaring for the NFL draft, and obviously will not be playing in the Alamo Bowl. Joining the likes of Perion Winfrey, Nick Benito, and Brian Asamoa. All right. Stay with us. One more segment to go on the ref. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. Okay, we're back. Tulsa Day on the ref. Good to have you with us. Parker Thune out of Billy Sims Burger on South Yale Avenue. Uh, coming up here in uh, less than 10 minutes. Tyler McComas will be out at Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Streets in Tulsa. As the rest, Tulsa Day continues. And don't forget about our post-game show after Sooner Basketball tomorrow against Arkansas at the BOK Center. At Lefties on Greenwood, across from One Oak Field from 2.30 to 4.30, Lefties on Greenwood, Tulsa spot where food, drinks, sports, and live music mix on a daily basis. All right, here we go. We knew it was coming, and here it is. Official statement from OU Vice President and AD Joe Castiglione on the hiring of Jeff Lebby, which uh, was made official about 15 minutes ago. Joe C. says, quote, we are fortunate to have an offensive coordinator like Jeff Levy coming home to Oklahoma to join us on this journey. Like with all potential coaching staff, we vetted him from every angle on and off the field. We understand why additional questions have been raised around his candidacy, which is why we did our due diligence, completed a thorough review and background check, and spoke to his previous employers throughout the process. The reports we received from Baylor, UCF, and Ole Miss were consistent. They spoke highly of him as a person, his relationships with the programs, as well as how he develops his players, his recruiting ability, and, of course, his football acumen. At every turn throughout our review, we received assurance of the content of his character, his commitment to compliance and safety, and his desire to contribute to the development of winning programs in the manner we expect of all our staff. And speaking with Jeff, it is abundantly clear that he also knows and will embrace OU's expectations of him both on and off the field. We are glad to welcome him aboard. And an official statement from Jeff Lebby. I am honored by the opportunity I've been given to represent one of the most important programs in college athletics. 
My experiences at Baylor will inform my perspective for the rest of my life on and off the field. It will be a privilege to work with Coach Venables and Joe Castiglione. These are two men I believe in and have great respect for. I have the utmost confidence in their administrative leadership. OU's athletics programs have always demanded the best, and I will work every day to earn the trust they have placed in me to represent this institution. So there you go, Parker. Uh, you, you knew that Joe C. was going to address that, and we talked about, you know, he needs to address it right off the bat, and there it is. Uh, did we consider that a Friday news dump when it's before, like, 3 or 4 in the afternoon? What do you think? I feel like once the lunch break hits, that's officially, like, thereafter is where you can consider it the Friday news dump. So, yes, this is what I would quantify as the Friday news dump. Uh, you know, and the thing with, uh, with Jeff Levy, I, I've always said, I mean, what happened at Baylor was ugly. Uh, you know, he was cleared of any real wrongdoing there. Uh, obviously he was able to uh, bounce back and become one of the best, uh, assistant coaches and certainly one of the best, uh, coordinators in all of college football. And, and again, uh, will that stain ever be completely, uh, you know, gone, from him, I, I don't know if completely, but I just trust in Joe Castiglione in this deal. Bottom line, that's that's what I say because I think Joe C operates in a classy manner. Uh, look, college football can get ugly, uh, but that's what I would tell any Sooner fan who has has an issue with this. Yeah, look. I think you set it up front, Mike. This was something given Jeff Levy's past that. Oklahoma needed to address up front. Joe Castiglione did that. And hopefully that puts to rest this lingering conversation over Jeff Levy's qualification to be the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And I know here's the other thing. When you look at Ted Roof, right, there's going to be a lot of fans that have beef with this hire because you look at his resume, the fact that he hasn't stayed in one place very long at all, the fact that uh, he did not, not have a good tenure as a head coach when he was at Duke. Uh, in what was his only gig as a head coach. He's been a coordinator and or an assistant for the entire remainder of his coaching career, but was head coach at Duke from 2004 to 2007 and was something like 6-45 and 45 there. So at surface level, I think there are going to be people that are upset that Oklahoma would bring in such an unsexy hire as a guy like Ted Roof. And my response to that, Mike, is does it matter all that much? Because... At the end of the day, this is going to be Brent Venable's defense, way more so than it's going to be Ted Roof's, right? Yeah, and, so, and that's, that's as what As long as you have Brent Venable's it. as the mm-hmm. figurehead here, it really doesn't matter who the D.C. Yeah, is. It, it, it really it, doesn't. If you had – if Brent was an offensive guy and this hiring came out, people would be going ballistic right now. But Brent is a defense – you know, it's – um, I, you know, and that's why I really wasn't that worried about the defensive coordinator spot, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you get some Joe Schmo from, you know, some junior college or whatever, but that's why I really uh, didn't, didn't worry about it. So anyway, we'll see what the rest of the defensive staff looks like. Bottom line. All right, Parker, real quick before you sign off, Billy Sims Burger there in Tulsa. That's right, Mike. Billy Simsburger, 21st in Yale. Stop by, have a uh, delightful shake and cake, which I partook of earlier, and it is one of a kind, and it is excellent. They've also got some fantastic old-fashioned smash burgers, 
loaded fries, 100% Angus beef made fresh to order. First Tulsa location, 1947 South Yale Avenue, across from the water park. 11 to 9 every single day. That is uh, the hours at which you can partake of a Billy Sims burger. So stop on by. All right, and we will uh, we will uh, talk about your encounter with another burger uh, coming up on Monday. It wouldn't have been appropriate today, but we'll have to get the story on that as well. We saw that. <laughs> I we know where that's going. Yeah, we saw that uh, on Twitter last night. All right, thank you, Parker. We are out of time, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got Tyler McComas coming up from Trey's Bar and Grill, seventy-eight ninety-one East One Hundred and Eighth Street. And don't forget tomorrow after the Sooners Arkansas matchup at the BOK Center. Lefties on Greenwood across from One Oak Field. They're in Tulsa. Lefties on Greenwood, Tulsa spot where food, drinks, sports, and live music mix on a daily basis. And our post-game show following the Sooners in Arkansas tomorrow. Lefties on Greenwood. Drake Dyken, thank you so much. You all have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Have you been affected by fire, wind, theft, or tornadoes? Call Brown O'Haver today and get the full and fair value of your insurance claim. 405-735-5510 today. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, The Ref, Sports Radio Network.